following is a presentation of the Church of the Living God in Traverse City, Michigan. So part of the rhythm of our church life is we kind of do this ebb and flow thing that corresponds with the school year rather than the calendar year. So September is kind of this kickoff thing. We're restarting classes. Uh, we're getting youth group and Awana and small groups going again. So I like to take a Sunday in the fall just to kind of look at who we are as a church and where we're going in the next year. The second part of this morning, we're just going to walk through our statement of faith, our core values, talk a little bit about what we stand for as a church or what we build on as a church and why it's important to us as followers of Jesus to worship him not only in spirit but in truth and then the implications of that for our lives. Before we get to that, I'm going to have some people from different kind of ministries in the church come up and talk a little bit about what this next year is going to look like. I didn't get everybody who does everything because we just couldn't do that on a Sunday morning. Uh, I'll make a few comments when they're done about some other ways that you could be involved here at the church. But I want to say this before these people come up. The people coming up will be Carl and Kim first, Dan and Emily second, then William and Esther, and then Scott. And they're just going to talk about some things they're overseeing. I, just, I want to say this um, so for the world, because the world's watching this Facebook live stream. Uh, for everybody in here, I just want to say this very publicly and very clearly. As these people come up here, what they represent here to our church, number one is time. They put a lot of time into what they do on behalf of the church. Number two is emotion, especially when you're working with people, with kids and youth group kids. Uh, I mean, adults too with small group stuff, but it represents a lot of emotional investment in you, this church body. It often represents money. Almost always when you're in charge of something in church work, you can get nickel and dime as you're going about doing what, what God has called you to do and where he's placed you. And the bottom line is they have embedded their lives in this church, in the rhythm of church life, for the glory of God and also for your sake. And I, I just want to say very publicly that I am so grateful for the quality of people we have doing these things at our church. I'm grateful for their commitment. Um, you have no idea how, well maybe you do, how chaotic life would be without so many people in this church who make so many things work. So I'm going to invite some specific people up and then I'll say a few things after that. Carl and Kim, come on up first. Good morning, how are we doing? Okay, so I'm going to go over what we have going on for kids this year, and then I'm going to turn over to my wife. She's going to be the hammer. She's going to lay down the law about what we need for helpers, and you better listen to her because, you know, she's tough. Okay, so uh, let's start off with our Sunday mornings. Uh, our Sunday mornings, we use what's in the Bible. It's uh, from Phil Vischer, who's, the, um, who's one of the creators of VeggieTales. And with that, what we do there is we go through the Bible front to back. And so I think we're going to be in First and Second Kings is where we'll start off next week. And we're going to start talking about Saul. And we just work our way through over the course of about three years to go front to back through the Bible. So that is the Sunday morning. And that's uh, four, ages four through sixth grade. In the second half, when you guys are running off to your Sunday school classes, we then have a Sunday school class for the teenagers, and we take sixth graders as well because we want to start to get them the feel for what youth group and those sorts of things would be like. And so there we're using the Bible Project, which I got before Scott was able to steal it. 
anyways, we started the Bible Project last year, and with the Bible Project, we are in Ezekiel, I do believe. And again, we are working our way front to back. And as I go, as I go through what we do for the kids, I think you'll find that we are very heavy on Bible study stuff. That is sort of our focus. So in the summer when we do a movie thing, I think the kids need that break because we do, basically what we're doing is going through the Bible, front to back, all the way through our different things. The last is Awana, and Awana is broken up into three different groups. Uh, the first part is we do um, a large group um, lesson. Then we follow that up with a game time. And then finally, and probably most importantly, it's a Bible memorization. So the kids go and they read verses, study them. They come back, say them to us. If they do well, we sign off on it. If we don't, we have them practice it some more. And then uh, we do awards on those based on how many sections of your book you finish. And that's a very big and important thing. I can't think of anything else we're doing. Can you? Yes. Okay. Um, so Carl went from, uh, we were talking about what's in the Bible, that's what we do with the kids from 10.15 when they get released from here until 11 o'clock, and then he goes and teaches the 6th to 12th graders, um, but the Sunday school kids still are there, so um, we have a couple different things that we do with them. Um, the first, first and third weeks, we do a craft time led by Laura Beaudry. Um, and thank goodness, because I don't like doing craft. <laughs> and then um, the second and fourth weeks, we split them up into groups for Sunday school. Um, and we have, uh, hopefully, three different Sunday school teachers, so we can split them up into three groups, because that's what we really need. In fact, that's one of my big needs that I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, so that's what we do with the younger kids, four-year-old four to sixth grade, for that second hour. Um, while you're in Sunday school. Um, so what I need is I've got uh, two Sunday school teachers. I would really like to have three groups because, I don't know, about 25 to 30 kids split up into two groups. They're just, it's just too many kids. So um, I would love to have three groups, maybe a four to six-year-old group, a seven to nine-year-old group, and then a 10 to 12-year-old group. Um, so. Um, Esther Krieger has been one of our Sunday school teachers for a few years now. Um, she told me that I could say this, that um, if you want to know how easy it is to plan for Sunday school, talk to her. <laughs> it is really easy. It does a little bit of planning, but not a lot. I send every week, I send what we're learning about in, um, in that first hour. Um, so then you just take that, what we're learning, and turn it into um, some sort of a lesson, whether um, it's just review um, from what they learned already, and then um, take that and maybe turn it into a game, a craft, or both. You know, one of the things that she did when we were learning about um, uh, the Wall of Jericho, she brought in some blocks from home, um, used some toilet paper rolls, had the kids build castles, <laughs> and then or build, build Jericho, basically. And then they walked around for like, you know, five or 10 minutes, walked around seven times around the tables, and then they got to yell and knock down their, their buildings. So it was super fun and super easy. So, um, uh, so I, need, I need at least one Sunday school teacher for that. Um, also, as always, I need nursery help. Um, I'm in the nursery today. So as soon as I get done here, I get to go watch little kids, which I love. But I do need um, to help my husband 
in Sunday school. I so. need so much help. <laughs> no, but um, I need to be there as well. So um, I need to not be in the nursery every single week. So um, I will be out in the lobby again after um, church, and you can sign up with me there. Thank you. Taking it. All right, we'll hand it over to Anthony. Try not to fall asleep. <laughs> I just realized that really nursery help was all about organizing Kim's life so she can help Carl. I hadn't realized that before, but it makes a lot of sense now that I know. Um, I don't know if you could see it. Dan and Emily, come on up. I couldn't see Kim's face while Carl was talking, but when Kim was talking, uh, just Carl, the, the pure adoration in your eyes as you were watching your wife make announcements, that was delightful to watch. Uh, kids, you are now dismissed to Children's Church. Uh, so follow Carl. He'll lead you in the right direction in more ways than one. All right, Dan and Emily, you are up next. Okay. I was waiting for Anthony to release the kids, or otherwise it was gonna be real crazy back there with the Slater children, so. Hi, my name is Emily Slater. This is my husband, Dan. We're in charge of the youth group here, which, as Anthony said, consists of seventh through 12th grade. Um, last year, we, uh, Kristen Bolton joined our leadership team, which is awesome, and we love her, and we're excited that she's coming back. And um, Dakota Bolton is helping out this year, too, which we're really excited about, because um, our group is getting bigger, so we needed the help, and we're really excited. I am going to talk to you about what we do on a Wednesday night, and then Dan's going to talk to you about the why of Wednesday night. So, um, this year, we're going to start off doing a Bible study from... Um, engaging God's Word curriculum. We did Colossians last year. Uh, it's the first time that we used this curriculum last year in sort of a structured Bible study. We've done different things. We used Bible Project before in the past, like Carl and Scott are using. But this year, we, um, last year, we started with Engaging God's Word, and the kids loved it. We got a lot of good, positive feedback on how um, they enjoyed the discussion. And we had a lot of good, sometimes very challenging um, discussions that came out of this, and that's really our goal, is to present the truth of God's Word and get them, get them to talk about it and get, to think, get them to think about what they're, um, what they're reading and what they believe when they come to church. Um, last year, we, because of the size of our group, which was smaller last year, we did the discussion as a whole group. This year, because we're getting more kids in, which we're excited about, we're going to um, split that into two groups, and that will be high school and junior high as we do the discussion for this group. Um, something new that we're going to be starting this year is doing small groups. Again, last year, in the last couple of years, our group has been pretty small, so it's basically its own small group. Um, but this year we're getting about, we're almost doubling our size, which seems crazy, but it's like we're getting seven kids and we're doubling our size. But um, one of the things that we do every week is we start off our week as a group talking, we call them our happy crappies. And that's basically talking about the highs and lows of our week. And it, it allows us to share in each other's joys, but also carry each other's burdens. And we find this is a really important, vital part of our night. It if you walked in, it seems like we're just 
hanging out, talking, we're not doing much, but it really is an important part of our night, and the kids really like it, we like it, we get to hear about the kids' weeks, the kids get to know each other a little bit more. Um, again, because of the size of our group this year, in order for everybody to be able to talk, if we did it the way we did it last year, our time, we would have zero time to do anything else because we don't want the kids to just have like 10 second update on their life. We want them to actually be able to share. So we'll be doing that within small groups. The small groups will stay the same throughout the whole year in order to provide consistency and build those relationships and the trust of sharing semi-personal things sometimes. So that will be going on this year and we're excited about that. Another thing that will happen within those small groups um, is a time for prayer, not only for leadership to be praying for the kids, but for the kids to be praying for each other, which we think is really important, and Dan will explain more about that. Um, I'm looking at my notes, not Facebook, don't worry. <laughs> um, so there will also be time for worship. Um, some nights we'll be out of the classroom, hope maybe helping around the church, or doing volunteer projects in the community. There will be some nights that we show up and we just do what we call family dinner nights, and we order pizza, and we hang out, and we just talk, and we play games, and it's just a chance. Again, these are really important things. We want them to come and learn about the Word of God, but also to come and learn about each other and figure out like what church life is like. We don't want them to leave and then not know how to be part of a church body. So that is all of these little things that seem like, oh, you're just hanging out, you're eating pizza. Like They, they mean something. There's a reason behind them. Um, so that's the what of our Wednesday nights, and I'm going to give it to Dan to talk about the why. Thank you. That was a good summary. I don't have much to add other than um, we, want, we want these kids to know, like Emily said, know what they believe about the Bible, about Christ, know what they believe, why they believe it. Um, because you can hear a lot of things and know a lot of things, but if it doesn't, if you don't know why, if you don't know how to apply it to your life, then it's just a bunch of knowledge that doesn't do much good. So we want them to know the word and, and know the gospel. Um, and we've seen a lot of them over the years. We've seen so much growth and uh, love for the Lord and, and love for each other. Um, she mentioned prayer. We want to um, spend more time praying for each other. Lots of times last year, um, we've gone through the ACTS model, which is prayers of adoration and confession, thanksgiving and supplication. And so we spend time, just a minute or so, on each of those where they can pray by themselves quietly while music's playing. So we like to do that, but we also just want to encourage them to pray for each other. But the whole point behind all that is that they would just grow in their faith, and then we would see the outworking of that in their lives, them applying that to their lives and, and watching um, what God does through them and around them just as they become more and more like Christ. So we'd love to have uh, any 7th through 12th graders. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, then please do. Um, thank you. I think that's all. I don't know if the phrase happy crappy has been uttered from up here before, but I am going to start working it in. Uh, let's see, William, I think you're up first, and then Esther will be up afterwards. If you want to both come up together and hang out together, uh, that's fine as well. So William is going to talk about small groups, and Esther is going to talk about missions. Okay, my job is to help coordinate small groups. So... 
I try and find good leaders, good trustworthy leaders, get them set up with a night and a schedule that works for them, and then curriculum that works for them, and then also finding good co-leaders. Good co-leaders, is that better? I can really hear myself a lot better now. Uh, okay, back up a little bit. My job is to find good, trustworthy leaders, um, and then also team them up with really good co-leaders, and then also find a good home for those small groups to be at, or bring them into the church if we don't have a home to bring them at. So that's what my job is currently. Um, in about two weeks to three weeks, we'll be starting up a bunch of small groups. I'll list those off right now. Julie Eichenroth will be doing a Monday night group. Uh, that does have openings in it, so if you're still interested in joining a small group, we have openings available on Monday nights. Anthony Weber is doing a group on Wednesday night that does have uh, an opening for two people. And Sheila, I'm not doing co-leaders. <laughs> uh, then Tom and Becky are doing a Wednesday night group. Their group is full, which is exciting. They had a 100% return rate on their small group, so 13 people, which is exciting. Uh, I will be doing a men's group that meets on Thursday nights, and then I'll also be doing a men's group that will be meeting on Tuesday mornings if we have enough interest. Uh, Paul and Jackie will be doing a group on Wednesdays, and they have an opening for another couple that is a marriage group. So if you're a married couple and you're interested in joining their group, let me know. And then Jerry Deere is also doing a Sunday group after church. They do a potluck. The group is called Gray Matters. It is not just 50 plus, but you have to have gray hair <laughs> to be a part of that group. So I know that because Anthony was trying to get in and he doesn't have enough gray hair. The beard does not count. So um, I did have the privilege of meeting. We had about 19 new people sign up for small groups last week. So I got the privilege of meeting a lot of people that I haven't met before. Um, please know I do the best I can to connect everybody with a small group. Um, know that everybody's needs are unique. So there's also a lot of new groups that possibly are going to be starting up. We have some awesome ideas that are coming from people, including a motorcycle group, um, just a theological group, a ladies group. So please don't hesitate to talk to me if you are still interested and you're still feeling like you're not connected. That's the key word I want to keep pushing with small groups is the opportunity to get connected. If you're sitting here this morning and you're not feeling connected, please talk to me. We'll do the best we can to get you connected. We don't want you sitting here thinking, I can only show up on a Sunday and there's nothing else for me to do. There's lots of Wednesday night groups that are available as well. Uh, more classes, but they're, they're wide open for people. So please continue to talk to me if you're not feeling connected. How many times did I say connected? I think it was 12. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. Good morning. My name is Esther Krieger. Married to this guy. <laughs> um, I am on the mission board here, here at CLG, and so I wanted to share an update with you guys about some current things going on, and then also um, some things looking ahead, some opportunities to get involved for you guys. Uh, many of you helped with bringing in items for a bus that's going to be driven down to Florida and then shipped over to Haiti. Uh, Pastor John sent out a wish list and we were able to collect quite a lot of things. And on Tuesday, this last Tuesday, I took that down um, to Manton, which is where the bus is at um, Living Word Ministries Church down there. And it's about, the bus still has some room, so if you guys still want to collect items for that, I, I passed out that list, and if you still have it, you can go off of that, or I can get you a new list. But I will, will probably won't collect it here at church, you can just connect with me and I'll get it down there. Um, but the, the seniors at their high school down there have permission to do a fundraiser to 
to raise the money to get the bus down to Florida and then across to Haiti. So they're going to be taking over that. But I'll keep you updated if, you know, if they put out a GoFundMe and we can contribute to that. Um, and while we were out looking for those donations, we, came, we made a connection with TCAPS and were able to collect over 6,000 chairs and desks to send down to Jean in Haiti. I know, it's a lot, it's a lot. And we had, we had so many volunteers from here come and load those over multiple days. It was two weeks, really, because we had to shuffle them around. But So thank you so much. That was a lot of time and energy given by a lot of people here. Um, those are in shipping containers, and we're hoping to ship those out the 17th, 18th, and 19th of September. And that's going to be during business hours, so I'm looking for able-bodied people that might be willing to take a day off work to help us get those loaded. Um, you can see me about that if you're interested. And then looking ahead, I'm hoping to plan uh, mission trips down to Haiti, and then we also support uh, a couple in Haiti, a or no, I'm sorry, in Costa Rica, a whole different ministry in Costa Rica. So it'd be nice to get some groups of people to go to those two different places. So if you're interested in taking a trip, let me know, and then I can kind of coordinate times and give you a heads up when we have dates for things like that. Um, locally, CLG is involved in several ministries. The Goodwill Inn, um, every fourth Sunday, a, a team of two does food prep and serving dinner. And that's headed up by Brenda Matheson. So if you're interested in doing that, you can see Brenda. I think right now maybe we have enough volunteers, but extra is not a bad thing, <laughs> especially when people's schedules change and they need someone to take over. Um, and also the Thomas Judd Thanksgiving meal will be coming up in November. Uh, that We serve people in the community uh, living with HIV and AIDS. And that involves uh, bringing food, cooking the food, serving it, or clean up. You don't have to do all those things, just one of those things. And you can talk to Emily Slater about that. She's the one that heads that up. And I realize this is a lot of names and a lot of things, so see me about any of these things if you're interested. We also uh, financially support the Pregnancy Care Center and single moms, and there's always opportunities to volunteer with those if you're interested. So like I said, I know it's a lot, but I'm the person to see if you have more questions or you want to get involved in any of that. Thank you very much. As they were walking up here, William told me that his goal while he was standing up here was to look at Esther like Carl looked at Kim. Uh, Scott, come on up real quick. Um, oh, there's Scott. That's somebody else back there. Hi. Morning. Uh, I asked Anthony to put me last because I got a lot of material. Hopefully, people are going to be passing around uh, handouts right now, so that's not true. Um, <clears throat> Uh, room seven is where we have a lot of fun um, uh, after church, after the sermon, um, and I think it's the best thing going in, at that time right now, I can say, because he's the only other one doing anything with grown people right now. Um, you can always have lunch later, so just come hang out back there. We have fun. Uh, I've done a lot of different types of classes, uh, different types of material. One of the things is kind of a theme with all of it. I like to include what we believe and why we believe it, like Dan said. Um, there's a lot of fun things we could study, but I'd rather know what does it mean to be a Christian and what do I do with that and why? How do I know it's true? And I like to do that. I mean, I, I enjoy speaking a lot of different 
venues or formats or whatever, but my favorite is smaller groups with, where there's more interaction, discussion, questions, whatever. Um, so that's what we do back there and have a lot of fun doing it. Last year, we did a class back there that included, a big part of it was doing an Old Testament survey, like trying to blast through the whole Old Testament and get a big picture of what it was about, what it's all about. Um, a month or two ago, I did a message here where we did the whole Bible in less time, and that was even faster. Um, what I like about this, I like this framework of understanding what's the big picture, the story arc of the Bible, and then later, you're in a small group, you're in a particular study, whatever, you understand how that particular thing fits into the big picture, or messages. We're, we're going you know, verse by verse through a passage here. You have a place to put it all. So this year, um, we're going to do uh, essentially a New Testament survey. But the way we're going to do it this year is using the Bible Project. Um, and what we'll do is we'll watch one or two videos. They're very brief, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, that will be an overview of a book or a theme in the New Testament. And then we'll just talk about it. There might be questions, something comes up that somebody hadn't heard before. Or we'll just discuss what we, uh, what we saw. So we'll do that. Um, it'll be, like I said, books. It might be a theme like, what is, what is the kingdom? What is a covenant? What, what happened on the cross? These kind of things. Um, and uh, I guess that's that. So if you would be interested in an overview of the New Testament and hanging out with a fun group, come on back to Room 7 after the message, starting next week. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. And that didn't even include... Uh, our, what our worship team does on a Sunday morning, and if you're musically inclined to talk to Dan, and he'll talk with you about that. That doesn't include ushers and greeters and setting up for coffee and interior decorating that happens throughout the year, and meal preparation for funerals and births, and the prayer team ministry that we have. There's just a lot of ways to get involved with things that are going on here at church. So you saw a number of faces up here this morning. If you've got questions about the things they talked about, please talk to them. If you've got other questions and you don't know who to go to, um, you can always start with me, and I'll try to point you in the right direction. All right. I want to talk a little bit about what we're building on, because as we talk about this momentum in church life, and I might add, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the, the importance right now to focus on our finances, just because that's a difficulty for us right now, a real difficulty we have to take seriously, that can be a frustrating conversation. But I've told numerous people in the last couple of weeks, that's an interesting frustration to have because I love the momentum that's happening in our church in so many other ways. Uh, I, I think I love our church body as much as I ever have. And I've, I've always loved it, but it, it feels more and more like family to me. It feels more and more like home. Like when we leave somewhere for a week and we're visiting someone, I'm anxious to get back to see y'all and be a part of this again. So I, I think this morning is a great way to see really good things that are happening in terms of the, the momentum of the church. But if we aren't built on something solid, whatever direction we're going to go is going to fail. Right? The mission of the church is deeply embedded in the message of the gospel and the person of Jesus Christ. So one of the key things we try to do here throughout the year is talk about, number one, Jesus Talk about number two, how do we understand the word that's been revealed to us? And then we talk a lot, like William said, we talk a lot about community because I more and more believe this is meant to be the place where God's people, well, churches are meant to be the place. We're not the only game in town, right? Churches are meant to be the place where God's people get together and do life together. And I think those three things are crucial. 
So what I want to do right now is read through our statement of faith. It's also on our website. Uh, on the screen, I've taken out all of the different chapters and verses just for the sake of room because there's a lot of them. If you pick up notes or you go to our website, you'll be able to see why we are saying the things we are based on where they're found in Scripture. You'll note something about our statement of faith. Our statement of faith is fairly general. I don't mean that it's not specific where it needs to be because we talk about closed hand issues and open hand issues. We want a statement of faith that closes our hands tightly around closed hand issues. That is, these core things about our faith are very important. You can't let go of them. But then there's open hand issues. That is, Christians who read the Bible and they have some different understandings of how some things play out. We like to hold those loosely. In other words, we can fellowship together in the midst of disagreements about open-handed issues. So you're not going to see us weigh in real strongly on some things that might be important to some people. Are we a Calvinist or Arminian church? Sure. If that separates us, y'all, come on. And it's not like people in this church don't have opinions. And I have opinions. Muddled ones, to be sure. But... Uh, I, we can get along even if we don't fully understand how to, underst how to understand things like God's sovereignty or different things like that. We all believe in it, but we wrestle with what it looks like, right? So we've got room for that. A couple years ago, I had a conversation in the parking lot with someone who stopped by, and they just wanted to know what our church was about. They'd never been here before. So I started to talk, and they stopped me, and they said, okay, I have a question. What's your view on end times? And I said, uh, Jesus is coming back. And they said, yeah, but is it, and they started walking me through pre-trib, post-trib, whatever. And I said, you know, we don't take a stand on that because Christians disagree about that. We believe that Jesus is going to return in power and glory. How he chooses to do that, it's kind of up to him. I mean, we'll talk about it, sure, but it, you won't find it in our statement of faith. Um, and they suggested that maybe another church would be better for them then. And I agreed with them. Uh, and I mean that seriously. Like, okay, if that would be something that would divide you from other Christians, you might not be comfortable here because I'm never going to preach about it from the pulpit the, the way you want me to. Does that make sense? Okay, so as we go through our statement of faith, understand it is designed to have room for Christians to disagree on open-handed things, but is also designed to unite us on some crucial things. So I'm just going to read. If you've got notes, follow along. The Bible. We believe the Holy Bible to be the inspired word of God, inerrant in its original manuscripts. It is our standard for faith and practice, and the measure by which all of life and personal revelation is to be evaluated. The triune God. We believe that there is one God, eternally existent in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is perfect in holiness, infinite in wisdom, and measureless in power. God the Father. He is creator, redeemer, and the sovereign ruler of the universe. We believe that God is omnipotent. He can do anything that can be done. He is omniscient. He knows anything that can be known. He's omnipresent. There is no place or circumstance of which God is unaware or in which he is not active. And God is unchanging. He upholds all things by the word of his power and grace, exercising sovereignty over all creation. He made all things for the praise of his glory and intends for people to live in fellowship with him. As for Jesus, we believe in the historical reality of Jesus Christ as the only incarnation of God. 
We believe in his deity, his virgin birth, his sinless life, his miracles, his substitutionary death, his bodily resurrection from the dead, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, his intercession for the sins of his people, and his future personal return in power and glory. The Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit indwells believers, confirming their salvation and enabling them to bear godly fruit. We believe that the Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit also empowers believers to have a bold and effective witness, so he manifests his gifts in their daily lives for the edification of the church and as a testimony to the world. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of a Spirit-filled life and evidence of spiritual maturity. True followers of God will be known by their fruit. The gifts of the Spirit are different manifestations of the Spirit to build up the body, that is the church. They ought always directly point people toward God. We're instructed to diligently seek the gifts, but they must be exercised in an orderly and understandable way and used in the context of love, lest our expression cause others to stumble. We have different gifts given as the Holy Spirit wills, and the gifts must be expressed in love, sincerity, and in a way that honors others above ourselves. Sin. We believe that we sin when we disobey the commands of God's inspired word and reject his authority. All of us have sinned and are therefore in our natural state lost and separated from God. We believe men and women were created in the image of God. However, by a voluntary act of the will, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and as a result, mankind began to die spiritually. Sin separated humankind from God and left us in a fallen or sinful condition. Which brings us to the good news, salvation. We believe that God the Father showed his love for all people by sending his son to die as a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. We believe Jesus' death paid the penalty our sins warranted, and his resurrection grants us the life we could not attain, both of these being necessary to reconcile us to right standing before God. When we admit our sin, confess that Jesus is Lord, and repent, we become a new creation and are gradually transformed into the image of Christ. Our eternal destiny. We believe in the resurrection of the saved and the lost, and that both will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The saved will enter into everlasting life in God's presence, and the lost will be sent into everlasting death, devoid of the presence of God. The church. We believe that the church is Christ's symbolic body in the earth and that it should reveal his character, his message, and his love to the world. We believe that the church is to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples. This will lead people to have fellowship with God and community with others. Human life. We believe that all human life is sacred and created by God in his image. Human life is of inestimable worth in all its dimensions, including pre-born babies, the aged, the physically or mentally challenged, and every other stage or condition from conception through natural death. We are therefore called to defend, protect, and value all human life. Marriage and sexuality. We believe that God wonderfully and immutably creates each person as male or female. Together, they reflect the image and nature of God. Marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman as delineated in scripture. It is intended to be a covenant by which they unite themselves for life in a single exclusive union ordered toward the well-being of the spouses and designed to be the environment for the procreation and upbringing of children.
And finally, baptism. In the New Testament times, baptism followed repentance and faith. This public witness marked the believer as a follower of Christ. It's an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. The believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. Simply stated, it's an outward sign of an inward change. Baptism also symbolizes the believer's union with Christ. So we build on that foundation. Next week, we're going to jump into 2 Peter as we continue to go through our Through the New Testament series. I'm not sure what year we're in, but it's been a few, and we've got a ways to go. And I'm excited because I'm going to talk next week about what Peter meant when he introduced himself in his letter, and he said, I'm a slave to Christ, which sounds like a daunting and unsettling term, but oh, there's so much to unpack from just that. I, so we're going to start a new book and we're going to build on this foundation of scripture. And as we go through it and as we go through every book that we go through, you're going to see us continually come back to these foundational things that the Bible reveals to us about our faith. And then finally, our core values. Uh, there's four of them. I'm certain there could be more, but a number of years ago, we condensed them down to four. First of all, we value being real. Think of it as authenticity. The amazing grace of God draws us into a life of forgiveness, love, and freedom as children of God by salvation through Christ. Friends, if the church can't be the place where we are authentic, where we are real, and by that I mean we can open our lives to others, We can confess our sins. We can ask people to share in our accomplishments and our victories. We can talk about our past. We can talk about our present. We can talk about our faith and our doubt. All these things. If the church can't be a place where we can be authentic about who we are in the eyes of God and with others, then we're failing in our mission to represent Christ in the world. We we need to be a place of safety for people to say to us before God, this is who I am. Okay, good. Now, let's talk about who is God calling you to be. That, that idea of who God's call us to be starts with, who am I now? Where am I now? What's going on in my life? And being a church community where this is a place where people can can spill their guts freely. They can give the happy and the crappy, right? So we want to be a church where we're authentic. Not because that's the only value, but it's a starting place. Be known. Be known. And then God's people can walk with you and help you walk into the holiness that God offers, the the fullness of life in Christ Right, God loves you as you are, but too much to leave you where you are? God's people called to do the same thing. Love people where they are, but too much to leave them where they are. All right, second value, belong, community. The amazing grace of God compels us to live connected with him and with others, knowing, accepting, forgiving, challenging, encouraging one another as we pursue true worship, biblical instruction, prayer, and friendship. So the second one follows on the heels of that first one. You don't get real community without being known. So my wife and I have talked before, like when we got married, we said we loved each other, and we did. 
But the longer we got married, the more we got to know each other, the more we realized, I mean, yeah, that, that was loved the best that we knew it, but we didn't know each other. It wasn't until we got to know each other. <laughs> Y'all, you married people, you with me? This is, yeah, once we got to know all of our fears and our doubts and our angers and our pettiness and, oh, my list is long. Now, now my wife gets the chance to love me because now she knows me, right? So in church life, one of our goals as we belong in community, we want to love each other. Okay, you want deep love? You must be deeply known. Does that make sense? All right, third value is becoming. That's transformation. The amazing grace of God empowers us to pursue personal growth. Notice, the grace of God empowers us to pursue personal growth so that our character is changed to be like Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in the context of authentic community life. So once again, I, I hope this church, and I believe we are, I'm just going to continue to put the challenge out there. I want us to be a church where someone can show up and they can be known in all of their messiness. I hope that's been your experience because y'all brought messiness to this church. I did too. Right? That, that's a characteristic we all share. Uh, I have found in this church that there are a lot of people who are willing to look at the mess of my life and just walk with me through it and walk with me out of it as the amazing grace of God transforms us. Right, So this transformation is a huge part. Our goal in this church is not just to let you show up and have nothing change. So, so first of all, it's salvation. It's surrendering our lives to Christ giving ourselves to his lordship, the transformation that he offers to us have to start there because otherwise any kind of change we help you with is going to be temporary and just us. So it's got to start in the heart and soul, surrender to Christ. But then you've got God's word. I'm, used, I'm pointing here because I usually have a Bible sitting here. You have God's word, you have God's people, you have God's spirit. These are all things God has given us to work in this transformation. So if you're going to be here, I just ask of you, be real. Don't hide. Find at least one person that you let get to know you. And and then belong. Be a part of the rhythm of our community life. Get yourself embedded in what's happening here. And then transformation is what God does through these things he's provided. And finally, we're called, this is our destiny, the amazing grace of God leads us to discover our unique God-given potential to effectively serve him and others, becoming all we can be in Christ Jesus as we expand the kingdom of God. So it's not just about us, right? As God works in my life, it's not just so Anthony can be some amazing spiritual guy. It's meant for me to pass on. As grace is given to me, I extend grace. As love is given to me, I extend love. As truth is given to me, I pass on truth. As I am forgiven, I forgive. Right? All these things were were conduits in some sense of what has been given to us. So that includes not just flowing out to other people in this congregation, but going into all the world and preaching the gospel and making disciples. And all the world includes our families, our place of work, our next door neighbor, it's all the world, y'all, not just somewhere far, far away. It's somewhere close to home, too. 
I'm going to add one that's not on the list, and that's be ready. This is my final thought. I've said this before over the years. I'm just going to say it again. When you commit your life to Christ, be ready, number one. This isn't really a value. This is just something I want to add. Uh, Readiness is a value. I'm going to stop explaining it and just say it. So be ready. Following Christ is hard. You pick up a cross when you follow Jesus. But following Christ is rich. It's rewarding. It's wonderful. It's filled with hope. Oh, it is so worth the cost. Jesus cautioned, count the cost. You've got to know it's going to cost something. But then he says, you, you realize what I offer you is life. Abundant life. So, so be ready. But then also, be ready for community. Let's not kid ourselves. Community is hard. Who wants to say amen to that? Amen. Okay, thank you. Community is hard. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I will fail you as your pastor. I, I'll say something that's ill-advised. I'll forget something I shouldn't forget. I have a myriad of ways in which I could be offensive, potentially. If you've not... Who said amen? <laughs> if you've not yet discovered this, you will. It's just reality. That is true of all of you. So be ready. Be ready. Something will happen here in church life. If it hasn't already, it's going to be hard. You're going to get angry. You're going to be offended. You're going to feel overlooked. There's all kinds of ways this can happen. I beg of you, the church is meant to be a place that models what it looks like to endure. Not just endure in salvation and in following Christ, but when we choose to embed ourselves in a community... To endure in that community. It's just like our families. Man, we put up with crap from our families. My family puts up with crap from me. But we're, we're family. Alright, so. So that, that's, yeah. I'm adding that one. So, here's my big finish. In Message Plus, especially if you're new to the church. Um, I'm not competing with Scott today for um, Sunday School class. Come to Message Plus. If you want to hear more about our statement of faith or about our values and how it looks like, come join us, uh, especially if you're relatively new to the church. But maybe you've been here for a while and you just want to revisit some things or you want to hear what the conversation is. Come join us and we'll talk more about this foundation we build on and how we want it to influence our ongoing life here at church. If you have a prayer request for any reason, come up front. Julie and others on her team are happy to pray with you uh, about anything. And I think my primary encouragement this morning, since I've talked about building on this foundation, if you're here this morning and you've not surrendered your life to Christ, please surrender your life to Christ. It's where you start this journey into the life that Christ offers with your repentance and his forgiveness. It's where it all starts. If you're not yet at that point, I encourage you to do that this morning. Lord, I'm grateful that you are a God who is near, who loves us, who has sacrificed for us, who is present, uh, who, who has a plan for a church that carries on the ministry of Christ. That's amazing. 
Uh, that, that is daunting and exciting and uh, overwhelming and exhilarating. It's all of those things. I pray, Lord, that the, the power of your word, the power of Christ shed blood on the cross, the power of his resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit, these tools that you have given us to change us and to transform us into the image of Christ. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that we are a church where not only do we experience this as individuals, but that the impact it has on us flows out into the community, this church, this community, our world, Lord, so that uh, we, we are that shining city on a hill that the Bible talks about. That in a world full of darkness, your light is seen through us. Is there a greater privilege, Lord? We pray this in your name. Amen. This has been a presentation of the Church of the Living God. For more information, please visit us at clgonline.org.